If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Let's go! On episode 529 of Nintendo Switchcraft, new retro games, Ninjala's Ninja Pass looks familiar. Nintendo gets very litigious, and Lego lets Mario change it up. Those stories and more on this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. What's up, everyone? This is Darren from Buffalo, New York, and you are listening to the number one source of Nintendo news. This is Nintendo Switchcraft. Welcome back to Switchcraft. This show is recorded live over on my Twitch channel every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you haven't already followed over there, head on over and join in on the fun. That is twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. This episode, like all of the others, is made possible by patrons just like you. If you want to get Switchcraft as well as all of my other shows 100% ad-free, Guess what? It costs as little as a dollar by joining the Patreon over at patreon.com slash run, jump, stomp. Uh, This is like the 38th time that I've done the intro to the show. So at this point, what I'm going to do is I'm going to hit a little button to give me a cutoff signal. And then we're going to get to Nintendo's news. Here we go. Nintendo, please hold. One moment. Thank you. May I help you? And in Seattle at the company's U.S. headquarters, they listen to the customers. So I was getting ready for the show, and I was looking through stuff to put the show notes together, and I came across something that I was like, I can't believe I forgot about that. And you know, if I forgot about it, I mean, yes, I have like goldfish brain and I can't remember anything, but there's a chance that somebody out there forgot about it too. And that's that we got four, count them four, four new games today if you subscribe to Nintendo Switch Online. That is Rygar for the Nintendo Entertainment System and uh, three games for the Super Nintendo, which would be Operation Logic Bomb, which I haven't tried yet. And I don't, I mean, I'm sure it's fine. I'll try it eventually. I'm not excited about that one. Uh, Wild Guns, which again, I've heard amazing things about Wild Guns, but I'm not excited about it. And then the one that I'm actually excited about, the one that I think everybody's going to be excited about, if they enjoyed Tetris Attack, then paneled upon is Tetris Attack without Tetris. And it's there. I guess they're out today. I haven't tried them, but uh, those games, uh, Tetris Attack is worth it. Tetris Attack is a fantastic game. There's no reason to call it Tetris. Uh, inexplicably, when Nintendo brought it over from Japan, they renamed it Tetris Attack, and then, for some reason, put a bunch of Yoshi stuff in it. I don't really get the juxtaposition of those two things together. The game doesn't play like Tetris, other than it is a puzzle game, and Yoshi stuff is just on there for, uh, I don't know, for reasons, I guess. But all of that stuff is stripped out, probably because Nintendo didn't want to play uh, pay the 
license to call it Tetris again, especially when it doesn't have anything to do with Tetris, but it's on the Nintendo Switch and you can play it right now. And I love this game. Um, I, I, you know what? I don't know if I want to tell my wife about it because she loves this game too. Like that's one of the games that she'll play on my arcade cabinet. If you're watching this on Twitch, you're like, what arcade cabinet? Right off to my right uh, over there is an arcade cabinet, which has a bunch of old games on it. And uh, Tetris Attack is one that we will load up from time to time and have a lot of fun with, even though it has nothing at all to do with Tetris. Now you can play Donkey Kong on your ColecoVision, Atari VCS, or Intellivision video game system. Donkey Kong has multiple screens, just like the arcade game. Ninjala is that weird game that's coming out. Looks like Splatoon, plays like a melee game, monetizes like Fortnite. And uh, it. we had a new dev diary, number four. Uh, which goes through the monetization options. And uh, it it is all in Japanese, but they have like captions at the bottom. I did want to talk about this for a little bit because after watching the developer diary, I I don't, I feel like I'm not happy with the monetization model that they are going with. And here's the reason why. I thought that it was going to be pay to win. It's not pay to win. At least it doesn't seem like it's pay to win. So I like that it's not pay to win. However, there is something in here that bothers me. And I'm going to get to that in just a second. First, let's talk about the Ninja Pass. The Ninja Pass is essentially the Fortnite Battle Pass. I mean, everybody seems to be copying the Battle Pass system from Fortnite because it's a great monetization model. It uh, it encourages people to pay a set amount of money per season, uh, usually like 10 bucks or so. And then they have two tracks on the battle pass, one track for the people who don't pay and one track for the people that do pay. And the people that do pay unlock stuff at a faster rate than the people who don't pay. The cool thing is that all of this unlockable stuff is all uh like just customization stuff. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't affect your stats in any way, which is great. And I applaud Ninjala for doing that because, you know, that's what Fortnite did. And that feels good to me. I don't feel like I have to throw money at it in order to compete because that always feels bad when they do something like that. However, there's something else that they also copied from Fortnite that I really really don't like. And that is the 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 store constantly changing, like all of the time. So what'll happen is that they'll have stuff in the store and that's only in the store for a day. And that kind of, I mean, maybe you disagree with me. And if that's true, then that's perfectly fine. But what I think that that leads to is it preys on the people who have impulse control problems with buying stuff. They look at the store and they say to themselves, oh man, this is only going to be here for the next four hours or so. I need to buy it right now or I won't be able to have it. And yes, it's cosmetic. And yes, it doesn't affect gameplay. But I feel like when you've got a game that has an art style, which is very, very appealing to kids and, um, you know, it's, you know, the, the, the violence in it is very cartoonish and ridiculous. 
So that a lot of parents are going to say, yeah, go ahead and play that game. And a lot of kids are going to uh, be playing this game and they're going to see that store and they're going to feel compelled to bother their parents to buy something because it's going to go away in a few hours. And I feel like that almost trains kids to be compulsive shoppers, if that makes sense. Uh, Obviously, I have absolutely zero data to back this up, but it just feels off to me and I don't like it. It's exactly the same thing that Fortnite does. And I used to praise Fortnite for its, uh, you know, its monetization model because it didn't feel like it was punishing people who didn't want to spend money on it. But then I I heard from people who said that their kids would be like, well, it's eight o'clock. I got to log in to see what's on the shop or I got to get this thing before it's not on the shop anymore. And that's, that, that's a very, that feels like compulsive behavior. And it makes me worry. Um, I, I really wish that this kind of thing with that rotating shop, I just don't like it. You know, feel free to disagree with me. I'm at run, jump, stomp on Twitter. Uh, let me know what you think of that rotating shop that Fortnite has. Of course, the parents can always just say, you know what? No, you're going to stick with the default skin or whatever. Um, and that's a perfectly valid thing, but that, you know, I, I just feel like it puts some pressure on the kids or compulsive buyers who are playing the game. And I don't know, it leads to not great behavior. What do you guys think? Let me know, uh, what you think about that at run, jump, stomp. Anyway, if you want to try the game out yourself, we do know that it was delayed. Uh, Gung-Ho said that there was going to be a second beta test, but then they wouldn't confirm that it was actually happening. Well, now we we do have confirmation that there is a second beta test. Uh, Depending on where you live, we've got different time zones. So I'm going to say go to the show notes and check the time zones in the... uh, Go to the show notes and click on the link so that you can see the time zones which were brought to us from uh, Nintendo Everything, but... Uh, you know, I, I live in the North American region and the beta test is a very, very short window uh, of May 31st, 2020 from 12, uh, tw- it looks like 12 p.m. until 2159 Pacific time. So, you know, that's about, it's a little less than 12 hours for you to test the game out. Hopefully you can uh, download the game ahead of time so that you can can try it but i'm interested in this game i like the art style a lot i really like how the combat looks and i like that it's a free-to-play game i just don't like the monetization uh stuff where they feel a little predatory to me but may- maybe i'm overreacting anyway let me know what you guys think about all that Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, Nintendo is getting them lawsuits ready. Uh, Nintendo recently filed two lawsuits last week against Nintendo Switch hackers that were selling software that would allow you to play pirated games on your Nintendo Switch. According to the documents, this is coming to us from Engadget. Uh, According to the documents, these products let users bypass measures designed to prevent the unauthorized access and copying of Nintendo games. In doing so, they can download an unauthorized operating systems and play pirated games. Um, As Polygon reports, Nintendo is seeking $2,500 for every trafficking violation enabled by the defendants. That means if I downloaded it from them, they are being fined $2,500. If you downloaded it from them, they are still being fined $2,500. So if two people downloaded it, that's a $5,000 fine, which I think is kind of crazy. Uh, What I will say is that I I think instead of, of that, I think there should just be a lump sum because I don't think that these hackers were... Were they selling? Were they selling it? Oh, they were selling software. I think what should happen instead is that these hackers should give all of the profits that they made for selling to Nintendo plus an extra X percent or something as a, you know, hey, don't do this. But $2,500 per download, that seems insanity to me. That's like back, like, I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember this, but back in the day, uh, there were like people who downloaded music from Napster and they got sued by the music industry for, I don't remember what the number it was, but it was something per song. And like, this is not the person who was uploading the music. This is the person who was downloading the music. And it was like some amount of money per song, um, which is kind of insanity, uh, but anyway, I, I just think that, uh, it, it was like millions of dollars from this regular person who obviously wouldn't have millions of dollars. I think 2,500 for every trafficking violation is excessive to say the least. Uh, and of course they're also asking for a permanent injunction against this type of website, which makes sense to me. Uh, as far as everybody who gets mad at Nintendo for doing this, um, I think that this is perfectly reasonable for Nintendo to sue these these people who are doing this because if you if if you are playing a pirated game on the Nintendo Switch and you're playing it online then you could be adversely affecting my game. So anytime anything has anything to do with hackers or uh piracy, I am against it. I'm against that stuff for for reasons that it a it stops Nintendo from making money 
And if they don't make money, they don't make more games. It also um, could negatively influence my experience as somebody who has followed all the rules and I'm playing an online game and then you come in with your pirated game where you're hacking and and uh, changing stuff and you might, you know, the, the devil's advocate person might say, well, hold on, Bill, just because I'm pirating the game doesn't mean that I'm also hacking the game. Well, but it doesn't mean you're not. And I definitely think anybody, in addition to this, I think anybody who downloaded that software, I hope that Nintendo can send a little thing to their Switch that will make it so that it can never connect to the internet again. Um, Because I don't want them connecting to my games. I don't want to have to play against somebody who has unlimited ammo in something, or I guess we'll go back to the Ninjala example, uh, unlimited uh, bubble gum or something like that. I don't, I don't want to play against cheaters. And you know, if you're pirating the game, I'm just going to assume that you're also cheating at the game. Nuts for Nintendo. Xenoblade Chronicles is a pretty big game. I mean, it's a huge open world game. It's a fantastic RPG. I'm looking forward to playing it on switch. The more that I think about it, the more that that game feels like it's it's calling to me. It's a game that I think I'm going to have to pick up and play. Even though I played it on the 3DS, I feel like the experience of playing it on the 3DS was just not great. And I'm very excited to play it on the Nintendo Switch with the upgraded textures. And of course, uh, new content. Like they, that's something, that's one of the selling points to all of the people out there who've already played Xenoblade Chronicles, either on the Wii or on the 3DS, is that this version of it, the definitive version, definitive version, definitive version, uh, this version of the game has extra content that's never been seen before. Uh, I, they call it like connected future or something like that. And there was a an interview with Famitsu, and this comes to us from uh, ryokutia2089.com. Uh, and you have to forgive me for this, but it is translated from Japanese to English via, you know, uh, Google or something. So, you know, this is not the best translation, but what it says here is uh, in connected future, you can play from the beginning. So that means you don't have to wait until you finish the main game in order to do the connected future stuff. And uh, if you're playing through um, connected future, just trying to mainline the main story part of Connected Future, that's going to be roughly 10 to 12 hours of playtime. And if you're if you're doing all of the side quests that are involved with Connected Future, uh, that is going to be around 20 hours uh, in addition to all of the other hours that are in Xenoblade Chronicles to begin with, which is kind of crazy. And then he, they said with paid DLC, you can increase the volume even more. Now, okay, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't remember them talking about the fact that we will be getting paid DLC on the Nintendo Switch. Do you? So I was just searching on the old internet and I couldn't find anything about DLC for Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. What I will say is that the DLC that we got for Xenoblade Chronicles 2 was really, really... um, generous as far as gameplay time to the amount of money that you ended up spending. 
the Torna, I think it was called um, Chronicles of Torna or something like that. I can't remember the actual title because I didn't plan on talking about this. Um, but the um, the Torna DLC that that was for Xenoblade Chronicles 2 was a very, very hefty DLC. There was a lot to it. And it would not surprise me even a little if Monolith ended up um, bringing more DLC to Xenoblade Chronicles, which Xenoblade is this... Uh, I, I feel like Xenoblade Chronicles X tried to make Xenoblade series like mainstream. And I feel like Xenoblade Chronicles 2 actually did it. Like it hit the right marks in order to entice a lot of people to try that game out. And I think that I think that Xenoblade Definitive Edition is going to do very, very well on the Nintendo Switch, thanks to Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I I just hope that they do a better job teaching you how to play than the original did. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 did a fantastic job teaching you how to play the game. I didn't feel like the first one did as good a job, but, um, you know, I've talked about that before. Anyway, 10 to 12 hours if you just mainline the story in Connected Future and 20 hours if you do every side quest, I think that that's a really good proposition, although that's also the same thing that might scare me away because I look at uh, giant numbers like that and I say to myself, self, there's no way you're getting through all that. Why even bother trying? Buy an Odyssey 2 now and get $82 worth of free games, including Pickaxe Pete. I mean, it, it's not like we didn't already know that this was going to happen, but did you realize that the Mario, uh, the plastic uh, Super Mario Lego character is modular? His, You can put different pants and hats on him in order to change his looks. So you can take off his regular blue overalls and put on the white overalls, the, the fire flower thing the, you can put on the propeller uh, outfit. He can wear the cat suit and he can do all of that stuff. And, and by putting on these different um, objects, objects, um, outfits, it gives him different quote unquote abilities. Um, basically what happens. So right now I'm looking at the video and they're showing the cat suit Mario and Catsuit Mario can be held sideways to run up the side of, I don't know, like your refrigerator or a cupboard or something, and he will earn more coins by doing that. Uh, Builder Mario will earn extra coins by being smashed down hard. Seems like a great idea to do with an electronic toy. Fire Flower Mario can shoot uh, fireballs. They don't actually come out. It's just the sound effect. Uh, but I, I think that all of that stuff is is very interesting and cool. Um, Propeller Mario can jump high into the air and earn extra coins by, uh, you know, the kid moving their hand around as they're playing uh, with the toy. I think it's cool. It's not something I'm interested in. But, you know, if if my kids were much younger than this, I would I, I, I could see myself picking this up for them. One thing that I will say is from watching this, uh, especially you can see it very, very well when you look at the cat suit Mario part, is when he's running up the side of the, um, the, I don't know, there's like a big white box that the kid's playing with, and you can see the light coming out of the bottom of Mario because he's got like a little sensor on the bottom that registers whatever color it is that you're standing on, 
And as he runs up the side, you can see it's almost like a little flashlight which gives us a little insight into how it works. So my guess is that there is like a little uh, almost uh, color scanner on the bottom, and then he probably has little uh, flashlights on the bottom of his feet so that you can illuminate the color underneath it and the device can detect what color he's standing on, which is kind of neat. Anyway, um, there's more more money for you to spend on Lego Mario. Are you going to? You're watching the most exciting game you will ever see on your TV set. Telstar by Coleco with three different games. Telstar Tennis with digital scoring, variable speeds. Telstar Hockey. Each player controls a goalie plus a forward on the other side. Oops, a goal. And Telstar Singles Handball, a game you play yourself. Telstar Handball, Tennis, Hockey. All three at an exciting low price. For great family fun, hitch your TV to a Telstar. One of my favorite Metroidvania games ever is getting a physical copy finally, and that is Zeo Drifter. Now, if you've never played Zeo Drifter, it's from a Tui Games. Uh, and it is a, uh, I would say, Super Nintendo art style, uh, Super Nintendo era art style, side-scrolling Metroidvania game. It is incredibly fun. It's also very, very short, but I am a huge fan of it. What I will say this about the game, there's not a lot of replay value there. I really liked it, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't have tons of replay value. The bosses in the game are extremely repetitive, but the moment-to-moment gameplay is super fun, and I'm just excited that this game is coming out as a physical copy. Not for me, because I'm not going to buy it, because I don't need more more stuff in my house. I have the game digitally, both on PC and on my Nintendo Switch, and uh, I think that overall... If you're looking for a cool Metroidvania-style game, then check out Zeo Drifter. Even if you don't get the physical version, uh, I will say this. The art the art on the box looks fantastic. Uh, very, very cool. And uh, I, I'm a fan of this game. And you know what? I think if you played it, you will be too. Now you're playing with power. All right, everybody, that's it for today's show. If you haven't become a part of our community already, join us over at runjumpstomp.com discord. You can also watch the show live and uh, be here while chat makes fun of me by uh, heading on over to twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. You can get a hold of me on Twitter at runjumpstomp. And uh, if you want your thoughts, your concerns, your questions on Saturday's episode, use that hashtag AskRJS. We also have our Discord, and there's a channel in there called the AskRJS channel, and you can leave comments in there as well. This show is part of the Giant Size Team Up Network. For more information, check out gstu.net. And lastly, if you are looking for other shows by me, uh, yesterday, the the first real full episode of 143 Pixels Season 3 came out. Uh, that was yesterday. And it was me and uh, Eric Peabody from Viking Guitar. We talked about Mega Man 4 as well as the video game industry as a whole. And, he, you know, Viking Guitar, he's got some fantastic guitar music of Mega Man music. So, like, he took, takes Mega Man music, turns it into guitar, like, rock and roll guitar music. It's really fantastic. And there is an example of his music in the show as well. Anyway... 
uh, please check out 143 Pixels over at um, anchor.fm slash 143, or you can go to 143pixels.com. That's 143pixels.com. The music you are hearing right now is Corneria Star Fox Remix by Noteblock. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for supporting. I will see you all next time. Until then, stay safe.